afternoon. I'd like to revisit a uh, section in Mesilus Sasharim, the chapter dealing with humility that we have touched on in the past, to try to focus on one aspect and see if we can gain some clarity. The Ramchal discusses, addresses the uh, potential pitfall of specifically wisdom being a cause for arrogance and conceit. And as we learned before, he explains how a person realizes that every person makes mistakes, has to learn from others, and he's only doing what is coming to him naturally through his basic nature. He is not the true independent cause or the sole cause of his wisdom, that he will be able to recognize that it's not a cause to see himself as a superior being that is innately superior to other people and be saved from coming to arrogance as a result of his great wisdom. And he ends off that other people also have they been blessed with the same abilities? Of course, they'd have to also put in similar effort, but they also could have achieved what he achieved. Then he continues and he says, but rather, if he has great wisdom, he's obligated to teach it to those who are in need of it. As stated by Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai in the Mishnah Avos, the great sage of the Mishnah, who said, if you have studied a great amount of Torah, do not hold on to that good for yourself. Torah is called good. Pasuk Mishlei says, I have given you a good portion. Do not hold on to the good for yourself, because it's for that purpose that you have been created, to study and to teach it and to share it, to deliver it, to those who are in need. And he continues, if he's a wealthy person, he should rejoice in his portion. He has this great gift. And it is incumbent upon him to help those who are financially lacking, to support and bring financial assistance to those who are in need. If he's a very strong person, or certainly we could suggest similarly a very influential, very powerful person. It's upon him to help those that are failing, that are stumbling, that are in need of physical assistance, and to help those who are oppressed to come to the, to the aid and to the salvation of those that are being oppressed by others. And he concludes that this can be compared to great house that has many needs. There are many servants that are appointed each on their own specific task where each one has to fulfill his obligation, fulfill his mission to complete the work of that great house and there's no room for arrogance and conceit and truth. So the question that uh, I think should concern us is it's clear from the that 
There's a direct connection between this accomplishment of humility, of not falling into arrogance, and the recognition of the obligation to help those who are in need, to share the wisdom, to share the wealth, to utilize the strength to help those that are needy. And the question is, what is the connection between these two? As somebody who is unfortunately giving himself the credit, considering himself superior, and not obligated to help those who are in need? Is he not able to have the compassion of those that are ignorant, those that are poor and downtrodden, those that are oppressed, and to come to their assistance? So, Mesir is clearly following and connecting, saying, but rather, he should not fall into arrogance, but rather if he has wisdom, if he has wealth, if he has might, he should use it to, he's obligated, he should recognize the compelling moral obligation to help those who are in need. How is this uniquely related to the person who has humility? Even if he's lacking humility, he could still have compassion. He still should recognize the need to help those that are needy. And there are several possibilities that uh, would come to mind that uh, it's worth exploring and seeing if they are satisfactory. One idea that could be suggested is that if the person is priding himself on his wisdom or his great wealth, then he could be perhaps prevented from wanting to share it. Someone else will have some of my wisdom. I won't be the only one who is in possession. I'll give away some of my wealth. I won't have all of it anymore. I'll have less to be priding myself over. But uh, it's difficult to accept such a view because as much as he'll teach those that are unlearned, he will still be far superior to them. It would seem a bit irrational to be so possessive of the wisdom. The wealth, he may help those who are poor and needy. They're not going to come anywhere near to challenge his great wealth. But certainly when it comes to might and physical prowess, nothing of his is going to be diminished. And the weak, downtrodden people are not going to be gaining the quality of strength that he has. He will only be helping them. So then there will be no loss to him and no acquisition on their part of this quality if he would use that for his arrogance. So that would not be able to be satisfactory. Certainly we could suggest that someone who is arrogant, self-centered, is, is much less sensitive to the needs of others. He's focused on himself. He's uh, absorbed with himself. Will not notice, will not be fully responsive to the needs of others. But that also does not seem to be what the Mishra Sharma is saying. He certainly could have said, a person who is arrogant is not sensitive to the needs of others. He won't really care. He'll be lacking in compassion. 
It doesn't seem to be the focus. He's talking about the wisdom. If he has great wisdom, he's obligated to share. If he has great wealth, he's obligated to help those who are in need. If he has great might, he has to use that in productive fashion. He's talking about the item, so to speak, the particular quality, not the personal characteristic that arrogance and conceit takes a person away from personal connection and care and concern for his fellow man. So what then is going on here? So I think we could suggest that in truth, the person that is utilizing, relating to his wisdom or his wealth or his might as a cause of superiority is really lacking will be prevented in a significant way from being able to properly appreciate and properly understand the gift that he has been blessed with, be it wisdom or wealth or power. Because he will see these items, relate to these items, as a means of his own self-aggrandizement. He sees the purpose of his great wisdom for his own elevation, self-elevation. He sees the wealth, the might, as a as a means of his exalting himself. So what happens is he misses the recognition of its true value. When those gifts are not being used for oneself, then they can be seen for what they truly are. They truly are a means of phenomenal good to a host of people. That is their real true meaning. That is their true value. That is their true purpose. That is the fullness of their potential expression. If I see it for myself, and my vision is blocked. It's already been spoken for. It already has been utilized, so to speak. I used it for uplifting myself. But if it's not used for that, then I could look and I could see there is great wisdom here. What is this for? What is this meant to accomplish? Oh, so much good. So many people can be taught, can be given this, something of this wisdom and be helped in such an amazing way. There's wealth here. What could be done with this? Who oh, people are in need. They could be helped. They could be sought out. There's just this great strength here, great power, great influence. What could this be used for? I'm not using it for myself. I'll have that question. What is this meant to be? It's meant to be a source of, of, of benefits to who knows how many people, all of mankind. And it will have its effect in the sense that not only when the person is approached by somebody who is in need, not only when he comes in contact with somebody who's in need already and the feeling of compassion is evoked, but he will seek out the potential beneficiaries of this magnificent gift that he has been entrusted with. He will see it as a trust, as a means of being able to share the good, spread the good, expand the good. Then he'll be able to come to its fullest potential. And that's what the Mahal perhaps means when he says, 
is he's obligated. He's obligated by the recognition of the potential good that is put into his hands. And he will see himself not as someone superior, but simply carrying out his mission. He's been entrusted with his mission. He's been given the gift of the mission of sharing the gift that he's been blessed with. And that will be a powerful motivation. And that is the essence and the meaning of this moral obligation that each person has in sharing the gifts that he's been blessed with. Thank you very much. just wanted to add that it seems actually very clear from the words of the Tana in Avos that Mrs. Shab refers to. If you learnt a great amount of Torah, do not hold on to the good for yourself. It's being described as good. There's something of goodness, of benefit. That's how the Tan is describing it. Don't hold the good for yourself. Spread the good. It has potential to be beneficial, be good for so many people. Certainly those that, that need it don't have the wisdom. Don't hold the good for yourself. The conceited person is holding the good for himself. He's using it for his own personal purposes. But if that's removed, then he'll be able to recognize the good for what it is. A, a source of power, a means of so much good for so many people, and who of course want to share it, and feel the compelling need, the compelling justice to share it with those that are in need.